As we talk about the pitfalls of judging, a lot of people are going to lose their Christian pastime with this study, aren't they? We pick up stones and throw without understanding the anguish and without knowing God. Who are we to judge you when we never took the time to know you in the first place? Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. We're starting another study on the book of James, and we have this wonderful panel with us to talk about this study, One Lawgiver and Judge. If you can quickly just introduce, us, introduce yourself <laughs> and tell us what was your least favorite subject in school? We're starting out negatively. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Okay, my name is Natalia Lopez Tismon. I think that my least favorite subject in school was math. Um, and I think that a lot of other people, that was also their least favorite subject in school. So that it was, does sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not good times. <laughs> uh, my name was Myron Madden, or it is Myron Madden. Uh, my least <laughs> we'll favorite. change it. Don't worry. <laughs> my least favorite subject in school was also math, but yes. it was because I wrote my nines and my fours the exact same way. So I would have to argue with my teacher after every single oh. test saying, you know, hey, this was a four, and you'd say, no, that's a nine. <laughs> so that wasn't fun. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, unlike my two friends here, I actually enjoyed math. My least favorite was history. Didn't hmm. very much care for a lot of the past things that was going on. It was a lot to remember, so mine was history. Oh. Perfect. And what was your name? Oh, my name is Abigail McPherson. Perfect. <laughs> We're set then. Now, to start, I'm going to ask you, Natalia, to read for us our key verse. Mm -hmm. And you speak that beautiful language of Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so if you could pray for us in Spanish. Absolutely, I can do that. Um, so we're reading from James 4, 12. Um, and it says, There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So let's pray. Amante Padre Celestial, te agradecemos por la oportunidad de estar aquí todos juntos de estudiar tu palabra. Pedimos tu bendición, Señor, y la, el entendimiento del Espíritu Santo para poder eh, comprender tu palabra um, de la manera que tú quieres que nosotros la comprendamos. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén. Amén. Thank you. Now, okay. Our lesson is one lawgiver and judge. Just one. Although sometimes it feels like there's a lot more out there, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's just start this lesson with a good understanding of the problem, if this is, even is a problem. To what degree is the judging of another a problem among Christian believers? There's a lot of knowing right. looks there. <laughs> okay. um, I would say that, that it's a big problem. Um, um, among us um, in our church and among Christian believers. I think that somehow, some way, we kind of feel like we're holier than others. And that, um, so, so it could be that. Um, and that's why we feel like we can judge other people. Or it could be that we're trying to maybe hide the things that are wrong with us. And by mm -hmm. pointing at other people, it's easier to feel better about ourselves. Right. I feel like people think they're being helpful at times. 
So pointing out your flaws and saying, hey, you need to fix this, you need to fix that. And a lot of times they misjudge or don't look inward at the things they need to fix before they're just handing out this free advice to everybody and how they can mm -hmm. fix their lives. Yeah. And it's always that because I want what's best for you. Absolutely. You need to stop this or you need to do that. Now, you mentioned wanting other people to be to feel like we're helping people. It's interesting because there is a dynamic of that. We want to help people and get them past certain things that they're doing wrong. But does that necessarily have to come after we look at our own problems? Can we do that while still having our own problems? What do you think? Well, I think we can look at other people and we can help other people while we still have our own problems. But one thing that we forget to do is to remember that we do also have problems. We're trying to say, okay, my sin is this level and your sin is this level. So I'm gonna help you with your sin, which is this level, so that you can hopefully get to my level. And then when we're here, we can ignore the sin altogether. Because <laughs> we're even, yeah. right. so it doesn't matter. Interesting. Okay, well, let's, let's jump into James, because this whole court, see, and I'm the only bad one that did not have my book already open. <laughs> my goodness. Now, this whole, this whole quarter, we've been talking about the book of James, a very practical book that has very useful applications mm -hmm. of lessons that we've seen throughout the Bible from the very beginning. Now, our key text came from James 4. Now, we're, we're going to give it a little bit of, of context. James 4.11, which comes a verse before the, our key text, says, When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. How does judging others amount to sitting in judgment of the law? I think you put yourself in more of a, under the microscope when you're trying to bring out other people's things. I think the, the best way to demonstrate how to help somebody else, if you will, is to live it out yourself. And by being the mm -hmm. example, then other people will adjust accordingly because now they see that it's not that difficult. I think that's one of the things that Jesus did for us. It's just like, yes, it is very hard, but somebody could accomplish it. Now, somebody was me. So um, I think that we misstep by not being the example instead of just trying to give, you know, pretty much put other people under the microscope, which makes our life a bit more than a microscope. Yeah. Also, we aren't really authorized to give the law. Uh, when Jesus was sitting down and all the people came to him, they wanted to stone the woman who had committed adultery. Uh, he asked them to let he who had was blameless he was blameless, cast the first stone. No one else was blameless, therefore they, were no, they weren't allowed to cast judgment. Jesus and God, they are the only ones, or he is the only one who is able to cast the judgment because Jesus is perfect, mm -hmm. uh, God is perfect. His judgment is righteous as opposed to ours. When we say, uh, Jesus, how many times are we supposed to forgive? He says 70 times 70, God, or seven times 70. Um, God throws our sins away into the sea of forgetfulness. He judges perfectly, whereas we don't do that. We, we kind of say, okay, one strike, you're out, or three strikes, you're out, or I can only forgive you so many times before 
that's it. Yeah, we have that threshold mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that afterwards we just don't move past. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when we when we judge others or, you know, right before here, it says brothers do not slander one another. Mm -hmm. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. We're putting ourselves yeah. in the place of the law when we judge others. Um, we, we're putting ourselves above the law. So, you know, like um, celebrities and kind of rich people, a lot of times they kind of put themselves above the law. You know, right. I can do this, but it won't be but that won't big of a problem. Exactly, because I, have I can a good pay lawyer. them off. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I feel like we do that when we mm. when we put ourselves in the place that we can judge others. Well, we're we're kind of just putting ourselves in the place of God Himself. And I feel like it's interesting that you bring up that that example of celebrities because I feel every once in a while, I don't know, maybe this is just Christians that I know, but I feel like every once in a while I'll meet somebody who has that same attitude with God Yeah. Hmm. that like, well, I can do this, but hey, me and him, we're pals. Yeah. So I can, I can work my way out of this. It's, mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. You know, do you feel like that's something that, that we fall into easily? I believe we do fall into that easily. I know um, examples that I've run into in the past is the fact that they feel the people who are praying for them are like covering that that time where they just want to do whatever they want to do. Mm. So it's just like a, a trial and error period. Just like, well, God, I'm going to tiptoe all the way to the left today, but tomorrow I'll do right again and we mm. should be square. So I know you're forgiving, you're merciful. So I just want to, I just want to try this because it looks fun. And, but I know that because, because you're God, you know, you won't mind. Really? One day, <laughs> is it okay? Yeah. I can always come back. Absolutely. And there's always that forgiveness there. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, one thing that's kind of sticking in my mind too, Natalia, at the beginning you said that um, sometimes we will judge others to almost focus the attention mm -hmm. somewhere else. And, you know, Myron, you said that same sort of concept with your sin and my sin. And maybe if we're at the same level, it's not as big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how would you, let's say somebody comes to you, says, this person is doing such and such. We need to figure out what to do for them. But you know that that person's struggling with something too. Mm. Does that make it okay? I think it depends. I mean, if you're coming up to me and saying, hey, this person is struggling with this problem and they're trying to get over it, we need to help them as a church family, then yeah, sure. You know, because this person who's coming up to me and telling me this has also come up to me and said, hey, I have this problem, and I know I'm not perfect. I'm just trying to help other people, um, you know, not ignoring the fact that they have their own problem, and also using the fact that we do have problems to help other people. Because one of the things we do in the church that we really need to, to stop is we say, you know, everyone here, or we assume everyone in the church is perfect. You know, the whole, the church is a hospital. But we don't advertise that. When people come in, they should know, hey, in here, everyone in the pews, these are people with problems, but they're mm -hmm. here with God. They're trying to work it out. Please come join us. It doesn't matter what problems you have. God will help you if you allow him to. Mm -hmm. um, and I really think that part of our job as, as Christians is to look out for one another. We do need, we are our, our brother's keeper, right? Um, and so 
But it's it's the attitude with which you go to the other person. It's mm -hmm. what's in is what's in your heart. God knows what that thing is, and you know what that is in your heart. Um, so it's it's a matter of going with humility, with love, with kindness um, to that other person, and um, and I think it also has to do with. Who, who is it that you're talking to about this issue with the other person? Are you mm -hmm. going to that person themselves or somebody who you know has to do with that person directly? Or are you talking about this behind the person's back? Are you gossiping? Right. Or what, what is it? What is in your heart? What is it that you're trying to do? Where are you going with that criticism? Or, or is it critique that's going to help the person grow? Right. You know, and I just want to remind everybody too that this is something yeah, we talk about it somewhat intellectually, we're studying it, we're trying to figure it out, but at the same time, this is something that none of us here are exempt from either. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's, we can't sit down and say, well, since the four of us don't judge right. ever anyone, that would be quite a stretch. Right. You know, it's something that we struggle with too, and I think one of the things that we're touching upon is this desire to help people because sometimes judgment can come from a place of concern. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that that's, with that we're touching on this spiritual discernment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions I have for us is how can we learn to know if we've crossed the line from being spiritually discerning to being judgmental? on God's law? Um, I think one of the key elements that uh, we forget is the approach. So mm -hmm. if it is coming from your heart and not coming from your head because this is right and this is wrong, but then one of the ways that I stress uh, with my friends, family, and even in my church community is the power of a testimony. Mm -hmm. So when you come with a testimony, Jesus told a lot of things in parables telling examples or giving your own testimony of how you've overcome a specific struggle, opening somebody else up to either share their struggle or share their journey through their struggle. So when it comes to the word, you know, judge is a very, everybody wants to avoid the word, but when you put yourself out there first in the, frame of a, in the form of a testimony to tell people I had this problem or I have this problem and this is what I'm doing to overcome it, it helps them realize like, okay, I can share my journey and you know what, I can even get a little bit of advice and not judgment mm -hmm. from this particular person to help me overcome my situation as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, spiritual discernment also really comes from um, a place of, of, of prayer and mm -hmm. of allowing God to speak to you um, before going to that other person or before even thinking of going to that other person. Right. Um, and I, I think that that's really important to be able to hear God's voice, um, you know, in your heart or, or as you're reading the word of God um, before coming to that person and, and giving them their, your testimony or talking to them about what's wrong. Yeah. Anything Mar else to add? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I had a point, and then you asked me, and now I forgot <laughs> it. That's always the way it works. Yeah. Always. Yeah, it's interesting because I, when I was in um, high school, I went, I went to an, a high school that was of a different faith than my own, 
And so every once in a while with my friends, I would go to their church and, you know, just see a very different experience. And one of the things that I really loved about the church that I used to visit was that they would actually have moments of confession. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't a large church, you know, it's not 2,000 people because something tells me that would take forever. But you would have, it's a, maybe about 200 people in the church, you'd have different things and, and you'd have moments of confession. And people would open up and say, listen, I've really been struggling with this. I don't know how I'm, you know, or I stumbled or I had a victory this week. And it really almost felt like Sinners Anonymous, mm -hmm. that you felt that trust and, you know, there's always a bad one here, too, that you're never quite sure <laughs> if they're in that same circle of trust. But it was just such an interesting experience because I felt that it brought so much community. Mm. You know, it's, it's not something that you see in every, in every group. But then, like, we've already touched upon a little bit. What is the relationship, if any, between gossip and judging others? I think when you gossip, uh, when you judge people, you're making a presumption. You're saying, okay, they're this way because this reason. Mm -hmm. So he's in jail because he's lived his entire life this way. Um, when you're gossiping, you're allowing other people, except the original source, to cue in on the reason why, and then it just becomes more muddled. Mm -hmm. And he, this person that you're looking at becomes more of this... I don't want to use the word evil. Evil is a bad word. Let's not use evil. Uh, someone that you're not it's like like yourself. villainified. Yeah. There's a verb in there somewhere. I know it, right? <laughs> yeah. Villainize? <laughs> and then you start thinking, you know, this person is less and less like me. This person is not flawed hmm. the same way I am. So instead of confronting the person, you're talking about the person behind their back because if you try to help them, they're not going to understand because Sheila says he's like this, and Mark says he's like this, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a direct correlation in my mind between gossip and, and judging other people. You're, you're, you, like you were saying, you're saying that um, you, you are, I am better than you, and so I get to talk about what you're doing behind your back, and we just don't realize how hurtful gossip really is and how hurtful judging people behind their back really is. Um, and, and we struggle. Everybody struggles. So to go behind somebody's back and gossip about them is, is, is really awful. And um, you, could, you could really affect a person's relationship with God mm -hmm. and with other people in their church. Um, or in their community or in their family by doing that. And like you said earlier, I don't think that any of us here or, or listening or watching are exempt from ever having done that. Um, but we really, all of us, need to um, you know, take stock and really think about that before we do it. You know? um, it's, it hurts others. And I don't think any of us are also exempt from being victims of that. Um, of others gossiping about us. Whether we know it or not. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we've done it to others and others have done it to us and I don't know why we continue to do it because we know how hurtful it is. Now here, here's the, where it gets tricky. And this is one that I know I've heard a lot and something tells me you might have as well. 
What about, guess what? I heard that Abigail has started doing some crazy stuff. I only tell this so that we can pray for her. <laughs> I just wanted you to know so that you could pray for her too. Mm -hmm. How did, am I the only one that's ever seen this happen? Yeah. Like, how do we get to that point? How do we get past that? What do we do when somebody approaches us with that? Right. You scare them and you pray right then and there. And then you pray for them too. Just like, well, if <laughs> this like person <laughs> has any other sins in them, help them right now, Lord. But yeah, I definitely scare them and pray with them right there. They'll be like, oh, I didn't know that. But when your motives are not pure, like you can tell. I'll be like, well, I appreciate what you're trying to do for them. You know, and maybe you should, you know, take it to your personal prayer closet because I don't think that's something they would want to share. You know, and if they did, they probably would have told me themselves. Right. But, um, but yeah, get them. Get them where it hurts. Pray for them right then and there. <laughs> yes. Get them where it hurts. Pray for them. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe we need to give it a name. Uh, hmm. We don't call it gossiping. Uh, we think of it as, or, you know, it's a substitute for gossiping. We're, we're, we're hmm. giving it a little prayer request. You know, when the person comes up to you and says that, you're like, okay, um, I prefer not to talk to the person about this person behind our back. We don't need to gossip, you know. Because, I mean, if you're calling someone out on something, you're saying, hey, you're doing this wrong. But, I mean, not in a, because you don't want to judge mm -hmm, them. Mm-hmm, Because, I mean, <laughs> I where you're... done it, too. So, that's, and that's also another point. Uh, we can't not judge people. It's, it's, it's in our nature. You know, I see you wearing glasses and I automatically think, hmm, maybe you were bullied because of them or whatever reason. <laughs> I was going to think maybe she has bad eyesight. I know. You <laughs> <laughs> took that Or you're a hipster and you're just wearing them to make a statement. I, I don't know. You know, I'm going to make my judgments about your glasses. The thing is that we need to I mean, we're going to make our first judgment. What we need to start mm -hmm. doing is maybe pulling back and saying, okay, maybe if I talk to this person and find out mm -hmm. why they're doing this or why they're like this, I can learn a little bit more about them. You know, just establishing a friend, because it's harder, it's easier to judge somebody that you don't know, Absolutely. but it's harder to judge a friend. Yes. So does that mean any time that we feel that urge to judge someone, we should try and connect with them? Yeah. that's a whole lot of people that I feel that urge with. <laughs> well, I, I, um, I had a situation like this. I actually was speaking about it this morning where um, somebody just received some information about somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if you're spending time with that person, you make that assumption based on the relationship that you have and not based off what somebody else tells you. It shouldn't change your view of that person. You mm. should you know, allow that to come out by themselves. So, uh, and then just to, with the name that you were requesting earlier, I think there's definitely a, a difference between intercession and interjection. So I'm like, hey, and mm -hmm. guess what? So uh, we just have to be really careful with the, the lines that we draw, especially when it comes to praying for somebody else because I believe there is power in intercession. And yeah. when somebody mm -hmm. does come and say, well, you can, just, you can just say it's a silent request. Like, a silent request will do it for me. And you can tell mm -hmm. by the concern in a person's voice how serious it may be. Mm -hmm. So um, I even, we, uh, we do a prayer line. And a lot of people, silent requests. So we have people that are just silent on the phone. And just because their presence is there, if you're connected in that way, you know, like, I understand. Whatever the situation may be, I don't need the details. God knows the details. And I'm going to, I'm going to pray 
to him for you for whatever details it is. So it's like, if you're concerned enough, you don't need to know what it is. Right, yeah, and I think one of the, the keys that you mentioned there when you talked about your own prayer line is that this is people bringing their own requests for prayer. It's not people bringing this person of this person of this person of this person of this person mm -hmm. until we're so far removed, we don't even know that that original person wanted it out. But there's a difference between a friend coming to you and saying, hey, I'm struggling with this, can you pray for me? And somebody coming to you and saying, so-and-so's been struggling recently, mm. wink, wink, we need to pray for them. Right. Um, you know, and going back to what you were saying in terms of silent prayer requests, I mean, sharing someone's name and saying, I'm concerned for Abigail. Can we pray for her? Instead of, I'm concerned mm -hmm. for Abigail because. Right. Right. You know, uh, I'm concerned for Abigail today. I, I really feel the need that, that we need mm -hmm. to pray for her together because I do believe in, like you said, intercessory prayer. And when there are two or three people gathered, mm -hmm. you know, to pray for a particular person, there is power in that. Um, when, when we're saying, you know how sometimes people say like, oh, all I can do is pray. Well, that's not all you can do. Prayer, when you're praying, you are unleashing God's almighty power. So you can pray, um, you know, a group of you together for a particular person, and that's fine. But I don't feel that, I don't see the need uh, for sharing every intimate detail of what's happening with that person. Right. You know? Right. Now, I know this is something that we've already touched upon when you started judging poor Natalia for her glasses, <laughs> but, <laughs> but just so we can kind of get a good, succinct um, answer to this, what does presumption relate to this week's study of judging others? What's the connection between these two? You mean making a presumption? Yeah. Like... How, do, how does presuming something about someone mm -hmm. lead to or relate to judgment? Right. Mm. I mean, if Myron thought that my glasses were just <laughs> hipster glasses, he's making a presumption that, mm -hmm. you know, that I can see just fine and I just, I, I just really care about my style, apparently. <laughs> well, they no. are stylish. Uh, I know. So. No, just, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, but, but I feel like that does make a difference in terms yeah. of, um, you know, presuming that you know about that person's life or wh mm -hmm. who they are, um, it, I, I think, yeah, you're going to, you're going to kind of maybe fall into that pit of, of judging them also. Um, I think that spiritual discernment also plays a part in that. Absolutely. It could be good and it could be, you know, for yes. the negative, but there are people, and if we dial in with God enough, that spiritual discernment will say, that person needs something. Mm -hmm. You need to go find out what it is. Mm -hmm. So you can, I mean, with, with presumption like that, that's one of those those seesaw words, where it's just like you can go left or right. right. <laughs> but if I presume that you have an issue, I should come directly to you and be like, I feel, or you know, somebody, mm -hmm. some people get scared with the spirit is telling me that you need this, but to go to that person and to ask them directly, not being, not, a, not saying in a way that they can become defensive, but really look them into your eyes, are you okay? Is everything all right? Give them the opportunity to open up to you mm -hmm. instead of just judging like, oh, they don't have any clothes. Like, I'm going to give them, take these new clothes because you have none. Right. So allowing them to, you know, receive the help because a lot of people, they don't want to take it. But if they can receive it. Well, I judge you all as brilliant, but we have no more time. So I want to thank you for coming and sharing with us. And if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. 
That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and it's transformation. It's for the head and it's for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Angela Taipei.